Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will hey there, Edwin. Hey, brother. How you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing okay. I uh, love so much the people that listen to the podcast and let us know the the you know Bibles they want us to read out of and tell us others they ought to put down and it's just hard to know it's just hard to know which one should we be reading out of which one are we reading out of today i'm going to be reading from the christian standard bible today one that was particularly requested by one of our faithful listeners <laughs> who sent an email to texttalk at christiansmeethere.org there you go so and from, if that's a faithful listener then a preferred listener would be one that rates and shares the podcast there you go <laughs> all right from the csb Psalm 14, the fool says in his heart, God does not exist. They are corrupt. Their actions are revolting. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have all become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never understand? They consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on the Lord. Then they will be filled with terror, for God is with those who are righteous. You sinners frustrate the plans of the afflicted, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion. When the Lord restores his captive people, Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. So one of the benefits of reading a variety of these translations as we go through the the week is, of course, seeing some of the different twists and uh, that uh, well, I shouldn't say twists, but different perspectives, yeah, different wording, and different even vocabulary, terminology. And for instance, the very first verse you read there. Okay, I've heard all my life the fool said in his heart there is no God, mm-hmm. but the take there is God does not exist. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's the same place, but it's a different way to say it. Well, I think when I Correct me if I'm wrong, in your New King James Version there on Psalm 14, does it italicize there is? Correct. Yeah. And of no course, God. so the when the New King James italicizes something, it's trying to say that, look, we're supplying these words to help you understand the sense of what was there literally. Yeah. And so it almost comes off if we remove those words. The fool is said in his heart, no God. No God. Or, you know, we might yeah. say God is nothing. God. So, yeah. but all of this gets across. It's the idea that I don't want God. God's not there. I, I am yeah. God. You know, whatever. whatever. Right. There's and we talked about some of the replacing. There's nothing higher than me mm-hmm. and my thinking. Mm-hmm. And that the idols ended up in the end you up in that same place. Oh yeah, because the people had made the idols. They were making the the morality and the worship, everything that went along with that. It was just a way of saying the same thing. I'm number one. I'm in charge. Yeah. Uh, yesterday we talked about how. I mean, it was a kind of a sad, 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 heart rending point that really what the psalm gets across, though, is is that while I want to begin by looking at all those fools out there and pointing my finger at all those fools out there, what sure. the psalm actually does is turns the mirror on me yeah. and says, no, Edwin, you are the fool because God looked down looking. And this was the terminology that I thought was interesting is that where the ESV says he looked for understanding, mm-hmm. the CSB said he looked for one who was wise. One who was wise, yeah. And basically he says, I looked for one who was wise. I didn't find anybody. And that kind of reminds us again that one of the aspects of this psalm is about wisdom literature mm-hmm. and contrasting genuine wisdom, which starts with the fear of the Lord versus the foolishness. 
which, you know, the ultimate of that would be to say there's no God. Mm -hmm. Well, he finds no one who is wise. What that ought to do is set us up. I don't want to get ahead, but we're going to talk about this on Friday, but that ought to set us up. We need someone who is wise. Yes, we do. We need the wise one to come into the world. Oh, when salvation would come from Zion. Let's just leave that there as the cliffhanger for what is to come, because what I want to really focus in on today, though, is smack in the middle of the psalm. I've recognized I am the fool. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of hinted at this, but this psalm is not necessarily about the avowed atheist. Mm-hmm. Notice where this person says there is no God, even in the first verse. The fool has said where? Yeah, in his heart. Not necessarily with his mouth. Not necessarily out writing blogs about it and making speeches. Yeah. yeah. So so David, as he's writing, is not necessarily writing about the person who has, is out there proclaiming to the world there is no God, but rather what's going on in the heart of this person who is very foolish. And I think in verse 4, we actually get to a practical side of this. Notice what happens here. Have they no knowledge, all the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread, and do not call upon the Lord? Yeah, so what we have then is this portrait of what an atheist would be, a practical atheist, as opposed to an avowed atheist. And as I was kind of working on my list of what that looked like, I sort of... uh, culminated with that in verse 4. They do not call upon the Lord. Yeah. But I mean, uh, all along in verses 1 through 3, there's this picture being painted. And as we saw yesterday, we don't escape that picture. As the picture's painted, we find we are included in this, Mm -hmm. right? But what does it look like practically? These corrupt and abominable works that we want to justify, rationalize in our own minds because we're going to say, well, I set the bar and I will declare what is righteous, what is evil, what is positive, what is an abomination. Well, that's practically saying there's not a God, right? I'm the God. I'm, I'm the, the God. I'm the stand. I, I like your use of that word culmination because as he builds this picture, it builds up to this final statement about them not calling on the Lord. There's almost this picture because he talks about the folks who eat his people like bread. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go on in the next verses to talk about shaming the poor. So what we have is, well, kind of like the Pharisees that Jesus mm. pronounced judgments upon yeah. because they would say long prayers, but they devoured widows' houses. Right. And what we see is they were saying prayers, but their prayers were actually not to God. Yeah. I, I mean, as an example, think about that one in Jesus' story of the uh, the Pharisee and the tax yeah, collector, 18, where he's 18. where he's saying, "God, I thank you that I am not like this and I'm not like that." And it almost comes off like, I mean, he's saying the words, but he's really praying to himself. He's not praying to God, and it, it almost sounds like while he says, "I thank you." It really comes off like you should thank me Mm. because I'm really the awesome one here in this relationship. But once again, what have we got? We've got people who are saying prayers, but they're it's not actually prayer. It's it's something else. But I get back to this is the culmination. We've got this imagery of they're having a meal, but they're not thanking God for it. They're not calling out to God. They are um, taking advantage of folks who are around them. And they're not giving God praise and honor and glory. And so we see the fool's prayer. The fool's prayer is non-existent. Let me give you another one. 
the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He is not seeking God. Mm. They are not seeking God. Yeah. Again, practically, if you believe there's a God, then part of it is a seeking him, a desire to have a relationship with him, being in the word, being in prayer, being in worship and in praise. When these things are low to low priority or, or not even, you know, we don't even think of that kind of thing. We may not be espousing I say there's no God, but we're living like there's not a God because we're not seeking him. And this is this culmination in they don't even call on the Lord. Really, that's one that just pierces me to the heart because I think of the periods of my life when I've been preaching. Mm. You know, I'm up teaching the word, but prayer has not been an active part of my work, of my individual life, of my family life. Here's, here's what this says. Perhaps the biggest fools are those who are intent on religion, but we're not praying. Mm-hmm. I go to church. And certainly, of course, we check off prayer when we go to church because, well, we pray when we're at church. Well, and that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but, but what I'm not doing is is falling down at the throne of God and recognizing my need. I, I know we mentioned a few weeks ago the definition of prayer. I think I got it from Ole Hallisby. I really loved this, where prayer is the intersection of helplessness and faith. Yeah. The recognition that I have no power. I have no strength. I'm not going to be able to accomplish this. I'm not going to be able to make it through today. But I believe in someone who will get me through today, and that's God. And when I have that intersection of helplessness and faith, where I'm going to be is in prayer. And it's going to be an active, regular, consistent, continual part of my walk with God. And what I have to admit about myself is when that is not what's going on, when prayer is not an active, consistent, continual, repeated part of my walk with God— I'm probably saying in my heart, there is no God. I'm not seeking him. I'm not seeking him. This emphasis upon seeking reminds us again about the wisdom aspect, I think, of this psalm, the wisdom literature aspect, because wisdom is something to be sought, you know, held on to, precious like gold and rare rubies and all of this. Um, and and when, we, when we don't bother seeking in his word for his wisdom, again, practically, we're saying there is no God. I hate I hate looking at myself and declaring myself the fool. I hate hearing this in the psalm. I want to shout and proclaim, no, I'm really not that bad. I'm really not. And yet what it keeps pushing back to me is, yeah, this is you. This, is, this has been you. These moments when prayer is not a part of your life, this is you. Okay, maybe you haven't sinned, Edwin, as badly as some guy that you can set up. You know, I mean like a publican or a tax collector. Maybe you haven't sinned as badly as that guy. But... Have you been calling on the Lord? Yeah. Or look at verse 3. They have all turned aside. There's there's one of those alls that catches all of us, right? But that puts me in mind of Psalm 1, mm. right? And, and this choice about walking this path with the Lord or turning aside and listening to the scoffers and the sinners, right? And, and, and what that says is, you've done that. You have turned aside. I have turned aside. And that's a way of saying, 
there's no God. The fool said in his heart, there is no God. I've been studying John 15. This, this is making me think about John 15. I, I got to share this a few weeks ago uh, at a chapel talk with some folks at Florida College. And I'm probably going to preach a sermon from this. Uh, who knows, by the time this airs, maybe I will have written it and preached it. But <laughs> John 15, it, it, it really struck me. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's going to get to verse 8. Verse 8 is one that I've often quoted in my life. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And uh, in the past, I've read that verse as saying, Edwin, your job is to get out there and bear fruit. You need to work really, 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 really hard to bear fruit. And if you work really, really, really hard and bear fruit, then God will be glorified because that's when you'll be a disciple. What this passage actually says is what I need to work at is abiding in Jesus. Mm -hmm. When I abide in Jesus... God will bear fruit. Mm -hmm. When I abide in Jesus, the strength of Jesus will bring the fruit through me. I'm just the branch. Mm -hmm. The branch doesn't do anything on its own. I'm just, it's the, the it's the vine dresser and the vine that makes me fruitful. So what's my job? My job is to abide. And I think, I think perhaps one of the problems I've had, even in my religion at times, is that, well, rather than viewing myself as helpless, and putting faith in the vine dresser and the vine, I have thought I am the one who is supposed to demonstrate my power. So I spend my time working and working and working to prove to God how great I am instead of just saying, here's what I'm going to do today. I'm abiding in you. Yeah. That doesn't mean just sitting on my thumbs and doing nothing. That means, well, prayer. Mm-hmm. It means prayer. Mm-hmm. It means I'm connecting to Jesus. Seeking I, God. I get to Jesus through his word, through prayer, through bring, being around his people, through meditation, my job is to abide. And when I'm abiding in him, he'll bear the fruit because God wants to be glorified. And what glorifies him? When the people who are abiding in him have fruit. Yeah. Amen. And so it's folly for me to turn away from that residence in Jesus. It's wisdom for me to pursue prayer. I think that we see here perhaps something to take to the mirror like we were talking about yesterday to look ourselves in the mirror. In my heart, I I don't want to say, and I would never confess there's no God. I I don't believe that, but but am I living like there's no God? And, you know, to what you just said a moment ago, another test to my abiding in the good Lord is, is there fruit? What's the fruit? Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful psalm. I, and I, I guess I want to make it even more specific than that because I, I really want us to think about this prayer. Does my prayer life say there's a God? Mm. Does my prayer? Just, I'm not saying do I say it in prayer. I'm saying am I praying? Mm-hmm. Am I mm-hmm. praying? In fact, you know what? Let's go ahead and wrap up today with a prayer. It's a good time for a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this time that we've been able to look at your word. And we pray, Father, that we would take it as a mirror to discern the intents and the thoughts of our own heart. Father, in our heart, we want to confess you and celebrate you, seek you and abide in you. Father, we don't want to turn aside. We want to walk in your path and be steadfast. 
Please forgive us, Father, when we err from that practically in our lives. Please forgive us, Father, when your name is far from our lips, that we do not pray as we ought and seek you as we ought. Father, uh, help us to be restored in that and to have a, a beautiful and fruitful relationship with you in prayer and in your word. Please bless us to that end this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. I was thinking about what you said about the fruitfulness, and I think you're you're telling the truth about that. And I, and I just want you to know that you're one of the fruitiest guys I know. <laughs> thanks. I think. <laughs> thanks. <laughs>